thank you for revealing yourself to us today. Thank you for not avoiding us, but embracing us. We love you so much. We don't know how to leave this place, God. But don't let your presence leave us, Lord. We thank you so much. Amen. Amen. You guys want to give it up for the worship team? Go ahead and greet those around you. Say hello to somebody you don't know. Only somebody you don't know. go over this in pre-service prayers. Is there any announcements? There's a woman's dinner that already passed. Praise God. The send already passed, yes. Birthday party on March, May 7th. Uh, could you throw that graphic up, Eliar, Kevin? Um, dang, that's the exact sentence that Dylan says. <clears throat> can you throw, can you put that? Yeah, so May 7th at 10 a.m., um, we have the Jesus Church birthday. That's amazing. Um, we're going to be participating in this church building, so you guys make it there. I'm just joking. Um, yeah, so our pastor, Dylan, for those of you who don't know him, um, he had it on his heart to do a thing called the Lord's Table, which is super cool. I think it's blessing a lot of people, but it's just the um, opportunity to um, sit down and break bread. For, the, for this Lord's Table, we do it once a month. We're having a, a, a Jesus Church birthday party celebrating three years of of being open and, and, you know, learning and growing in Jesus. Um, and so that'll be on May 7th at 10 a.m. Um, Dylan said that we, uh, we'll be sharing a few testimonies, maybe do a little bit of worship, and then we are going to go outside and enjoy our time um, out there as long as it's not raining. So what do you say? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a bouncy house for anybody that's under the age of Angel, okay? So... Um, yeah, bring your kids, bring your friends. It's going to be a really laid back kind of just in time to joy people. And, uh, yeah, really just have a good time 
make some good food. I think, I think it's potluck style, but I could be wrong. So kind of wait for the direction next week because this, this is going to be in two weeks. But those are, those are definitely unique and fun. Um, they're different than any church that I've ever been to. We don't really uh, do stuff like that at, at other churches. But, um, yeah, Dylan had it on his heart, and we went for it, and it was super scary. But I think it's been super fruitful. So, um, yeah, well, that will be on the, the 7th. And if you guys have any more questions, just, just ask Dylan. All right. Um, yeah, so I thought, I thought we'd open up with some testimonies today. Um, a buddy of mine shared a word with me, and in that word it talked about um, sharing what the Lord has done in your life. And it's super important because, like we talked about a little bit last week, if you weren't here, we talked about the call of the gospel on our lives, that it's not just a call to go to heaven one day, but it's a call to a transformed and changed life and that's what Jesus is, is calling us to. That's why he came. That's why he lived the way that he lived. Not to say, ha ha, look, I can do this. But he's like, no, ha ha, look, you can do this as well. And I move myself on the inside of you. So um, if you want to go listen to that, you can't because it got cut off about halfway. So ask your neighbors. It's, yeah, it, uh, but it's the truth. But I just felt like the Lord wanted us to share some testimonies just throughout the week, um, whether last Sunday just blessed you. Um, I just wanted to share some testimonies for people to get to share what God is doing uh, throughout, their, throughout their week, kind of just winging this. So um, is there any testimonies that somebody would love to share? A testimony. Yeah, Rob. Hey guys, I'm Rob. Um, so we've been doing outreach every Saturday, and uh, it's been really fruitful. Uh, and this Saturday, there was two of us that went out, and we did what we like to call a treasure hunt. So we sat with the Lord, we worshiped, and we wrote down what we heard the Lord saying to us. I got a super specific color, blue, and uh, a really specific word actually that followed it about a business, uh, about somebody in a business wanting to start a business, uh, not knowing how they're going to do it and uh, that the Lord was with them. And uh, we go to the mall, and right as soon as we get there, I see this lady walking up, and she has this, like, really bright blue hoodie. And I'm like, that, I feel like that's the lady. So I didn't say anything to her. And um, <laughs> I chickened out, okay? So anyways, I go, I, I have one of my kids with me. So we go to the, I go to, I always shoot over to, like, the, the kid area in the mall, so that they can play, and we pray for people that are parents there and everything, and, like, literally nothing really happened, it, and we're like, oh, what a dud, and uh, so we're leaving, and, you know, like, you're walking through the mall, and there's the stores, and as I'm walking, the same lady that I saw in the beginning is, like, coming out, like, as I'm walking by, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I see you, so I'm like, hey, uh, I saw you coming in right at the same time as us into the mall, and I really felt like God wanted me to share something with you, is that okay? And it's a 50-50 chance on that one. Like, either they want it or they don't. She's like, uh, sure. So I just tested the word first. I said, uh, were you thinking about starting a business? And she's like, oh. And I'm like, okay. I see the bobber go down, you know, and I'm like, all right, here we go. So I pull out the paper. I've got it in my pocket. I pull it out, and I said, I'm just going to read this to you. If it makes sense to you, that's fine. That's cool. I said, well, the first color I got is blue, and you're wearing blue. And I said, you know, the Lord is revealing himself to you 
and I said, you're called, you're chosen, you know, and I just started giving her identity. And then I went into the business word where I was like, you've been having a business on your heart. Um, you've been wanting to do this for five years, but you didn't know how the finances were going to work. And uh, the whole time her daughter's like, this is so cute. This is so awesome. Like, so the thing is, I, I could see that the word was making sense to her on her face. She was getting emotional. And uh, I, gave her, I gave her the piece of paper and I prayed for her and I told her like God is with her like on this. And uh, she said, I said, um, can you tell me how this makes sense to you? And she said, well, this morning I was talking about quitting my job and retiring and starting a business. And so we got to be the aunt. And she's like, I don't know how it's going to work out. So we got to kind of be the aunt. Here's, here's the bottom line is we're the answer to somebody's prayer. When we go out, like, and we go to the store, we go to the mall, we go to our jobs. Every day we do these things, and you just don't know who you're the answers to somebody's prayer, like, so. Wow. That's so good. Hmm. I love what you said at the end. We're the, we are the answer to somebody's prayer. I heard a guy, uh, I mean, we've all heard a guy say, God, you know, during a prayer, will you bless our day? Jesus, will you bless our day? And I heard somebody say that actually recently, and I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, can you make the sunshine brighter? Can you make it so there's no traffic? Can you make it so that, you know, yeah, green lights. Can you, can you make it to where there's just no, I don't stub my toe. And although, like, that's, that's cool, like, to be honest, guys, that never even satisfies you. You could get every green light, and then get to your house and the dinner's not made and you're like, great, dinner's not made. What about all the green lights you just said? Nope, dinner's not made. Your focus is more so on, so I was asking the Lord, I said, what does that even mean? Like, bless my day. And the Lord says, what if I, what if I just have you go into people's lives and you're the blessing of the day? And I'm like, That's, that sounds like the gospel. Like, I don't know if Jesus walked up to the Father and was like, Father, bless my day, like, make everything easy, because that prayer for sure wasn't answered for him. Right? I mean, he, he, went through, he went through persecution. He went through friendships dipping on him. He went through big ministry, downfalls. And if Jesus was praying, bless my day, and the Father's intentions were like, yeah, I was supposed to give you bigger this and easier that, then, then the Father missed it. But he's like, I, I got this feeling that Jesus went to him and he said, God, make me a blessing today. Make me a blessing to somebody today. What Rob just said is the truth. It is, it is really what I preached last week. Make me a blessing for today. You are the answer for somebody's prayer. And it's about you believing that that's true, that God goes, okay, so I've been talking to this girl and you don't even know who she is, but she's been having some, some money problems and you're just gonna stand in line in the grocery store behind her and, and she's gonna realize and she's gonna be looking in her purse and you're gonna have your card and you're just gonna swipe your card on that thing where it's credit. You don't even need a number and you just swipe the card and, and she just, oh my gosh, like I wasn't even gonna be able to pay for this, this meal. I wasn't gonna be able to pay for my groceries and you're like, yeah, I know, God, God just has been talking to me. And now you get to be the blessing of the day, which is super undeserving. It's super undeserved, like, you didn't deserve that. You didn't work hard enough to get there. God was just like, do you want to be a blessing? Absolutely. All right, then, boom, I will make you a blessing in people's lives. What a gift. 
That sounds like a fun life. And I'm not sitting around waiting for something good to happen. I'm, I'm like, I am the goodness stepping into this because him and I are doing it together. I'm not preaching a gospel that says, oh, he's going to make me good. And then I'll leave him on the sidelines and then I'll go be good. He's like, no, no, no. This is a marriage. We're going to do this together. But in us doing it together, beauty's going to happen. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. That doesn't mean Jesus hears from the Father and goes, all right, I'll see you later, and takes off. He's like, no, 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 Jesus, let's, let's do this together. Let's just, let's, how about we do this? We're about to go over here. There's some water. Let's just turn it into wine. And they're just sitting there talking to each other, having this conversation, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Jesus was the blessing. We are the blessing in people's lives because we do it with the Father. Does that make sense? I want, to, I want to give some room for some more testimonies. Yes. I will unto you. I got the Nikes on today. Amen. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, what's my name? <laughs> I'm Katie. Um, it's so neat that you shared all that because, and when you said that you wanted to have some testimonies today, that was a confirmation because, um, on the way to church, that was what I was praying that God would open up the field about sharing testimonies. Every one of us have testimonies. Every one of us. And when he asked, and I know we raised our hands, and I said, Lord, let everybody raise their hands because we all have a testimony. We have a praise report. Uh, no matter what you're feeling right now, there's a lot of us that are having a lot of um, difficulties you're hurting, okay, inside, either in a physical, mental sickness, lots of different things that are happening in each one's life. But you know what? God is with you. He is there, and all we have to do is reach out to him and thank him. Thank him for what he's doing in your life because he's doing something all the time. It's just that we don't think about it. We need to be thinking about him and praising him. That's why the song we said, song, all the praise and worship we did this morning was so wonderful to know that he is our God and he is there all the time. He loves each and every one of you. So when there is a time when someone calls up for testimonies, raise your hand. You know, at least we know that there's a testimony in everybody's life. So many of us are so afraid to do that. Don't be. Because it helps somebody. One person in here can be totally blessed by you raising your hand. So, and um, God is good. God is so good. And when we walk out of here today, we need to be praising God and be a blessing to somebody else. You'd be surprised where you are. A smile will make someone feel so good. Because so many times you go around and you see people with sad faces. Just wear a smile. <laughs> it just, they're either going to be happy or they're going to be mad or be grumpy. And, you know, I've had someone say, what are you so happy about? <laughs> well, it's a beautiful day. I'm alive. <laughs> you know, so just think about those things. I know with um, John and I, we've, we've been so blessed in so many ways. We, we have our trials. We have our adventures, our journeys that we go through. And we're in our years now, <laughs> which is really kind of strange when you think about it, because now you're thinking more about, oh, 
our time to be with Jesus is going to be coming. You never know. None of us know when that time is. But when you reach the ages in the 70s and 80s, you really think about it. But you know what? Each day is awesome. I thank God, my husband and I, every morning we say, thank you, Lord, for another day. We're excited. You know, use us. We go to bed at night. We do the same thing. And I challenge everybody to be praying. Pray at night before you go to bed. Pray in the morning when you go to bed. Oh, yeah, pray in the morning when you get up, right? <laughs> Got to remember. So thank you. God bless everybody. that kind of got me on thinking where to start for mine because the Lord has been working every single day with me this week and it's been like thick in, in his presence and um, I've been praying for two years for there to be like some type of worship at my, at my college, at my Christian college and the vice president was just like, hey, you want to do it? Here you go. And so the Lord was like, didn't you pray for a revival? Here you go. And, and every day I've been praising and worshiping and just kind of all in. And he's been rewarding me. And I've been journaling for the first time. And he's been telling me all these things. And then yesterday he took me into the secret place. And it was just like set out all these things and how it's going to work. And, and understanding his fullness of how much he wants me all in. And how rewarding it is and how he'll guide me through these things. So, yeah. Praising and worshiping. Amen. Amen. Yes, Sarah. Go ahead and share your name. Yeah. My name's Sarah. Uh, this is our first time here. And um, the testimony is actually being here. Um, I had a dream last night, which is just so crazy. I have dreams, but I know when it's a dream from the Lord, and the dream was coming here, actually. Um, and I woke up this morning, and I told my husband that I think we really are supposed to come to this church today. And he just got back from a very long business trip and is exhausted. And we have 100 other kids. So he stayed home with them. And, um, but as I was praying, I felt like the Lord said specifically, maybe you should just go with Ava, which is our daughter. And he said literally like 23 seconds later, maybe you just, you and Ava should just go. And that in itself is a testimony that we were like-minded. So that, praise the Lord. But in my dream, um, I'm sharing this. I wouldn't have. But because you said maybe this could be a blessing to someone, I actually... The dream was really focused around one young man, um, one of your members of your congregation, Nate, actually. And he was sitting amongst all of his peers in a front row. Um, and he was just this man set apart. He was wearing this suit with this red tie. And um, as I was asking the Lord in my dream, I'm like watching him worship. And he said, this is a young man set apart. And then like the dream shifted and all the other young people were awesome. But Nate was just like unique and elevated and like in a, in a position of like just power. And then he led worship and everybody else was like sort of like with it, like a little bit on tune, but Nate was just like rocking and he was like perfectly on beat and just like, but the power of his worship, like this worship warrior um, was really significant. And so um, not so much probably a testimony of what the Lord did, maybe in the dream, but hopefully more just a word of encouragement for you. And this is not my normal posture, so. I typically would not share, but anyway. So, yeah, praise the Lord for you, Nate. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. So, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Anthony. 
Um, longtime friends of Jared and Dylan. I used to go to Bath with them. Uh, this is definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm more of a one-on-one -on -one talk to people, and seeing all you guys look at me right now is like mind-blowing. But what you shared just encouraged me to tell somebody, like even if it touches one person's life, I just want to let you guys know that people out there are hungry for the word. And the reason why I know this is because I shared this story and this testimony with the fellas at our men's group on Tuesday. So I apologize for the repeat, but uh, I feel like you guys got to hear this. So I'm at World Buffet a couple weeks ago on a Saturday with a friend of my dad's. My dad passed away a couple years ago, and this man is a good man of God, and he invited me to World Buffet. And we're there and we're talking. And we're having normal conversation, contrary to me right now. I'm normally a very confident person. Um, so we're in World Buffet, and we're talking about God. And there's a couple families around. There's a couple tables around us. And I'm talking with my buddy Jerome. And Leon has his back to the dining table, to the dining room. So he can't see anybody behind him. And Jerome and I can see the whole dining room. And... Leon, we're having a three-hour conversation, and these families, there's about three families around us, and they got done eating after an hour and a half. It was very visible. Jerome and I could see it. And Leon's just asking us questions. Like, he's just, he's just firing off. We're just having an on-fire conversation about the Lord. And Jerome and I are just breaking everything down to a very kindergarten level, a very simplistic, foundational level of the Word. And Jerome and I, we're just, we're not missing a beat. We're just feeding off of each other's energy. The Holy Spirit is flowing through us at such a rate that we're quoting scripture without a Bible in front of us. And Matthew 6.34, yeah, Matthew 6.34, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if God so provides for the birds, does he not care about you more? And we're just, we're just firing off. And I noticed that the dining room They've been done eating for a while now. And the three families, they got a bunch of kids. Kids are on their tablets and everything. But the parents, they're, for the next hour and a half, because we had a three-hour conversation, for the first hour and a half, they were done eating. So at any moment, they could have got up and left. But they sat there, and they were listening to us, and Jerome and I could tell by their body language that the mom and the dad of each family was just there for the word on a Saturday afternoon in a world buffet. And we were having church on a Saturday at a world buffet. And Jerome and I, the Holy Spirit, are just flowing through us. And so Leon's just firing off questions, just firing them off, firing them off. And we're just, like I said, we're not skipping a beat because the Holy Spirit, it wasn't us. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through us, knowing he had an audience. So we're loud, proud. And we're just confident in the words that we're saying because we're not saying it. God's speaking through us to everybody that was listening, all the 20 people that were hungry for the word that day. And the one thing that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life and that I'm just so blessed that God used me in that moment was that there was a kid that I remember specifically. He was sitting with his family. And he was sitting, so he was sitting facing this way, sideways in his chair. And he was dang near falling out of his chair because he was listening so hard to what we were saying that he had the back two legs of, of the front two legs of his chair propped up and so his mom tells him she's like hey turn around 
So he turns around, and all he does is just 180 to the other way so that he's facing his family, but he's listening in to what we were saying. So the kid was hungry, and we just, like, we just kept going, and we're just watching all these people, Jerome and I, we're just watching all these people in the dining room just enchanted by the word that the Holy Spirit had for them on a Saturday afternoon. And so we just, you know, we just keep talking. And so Leon says it gets about three hours in. And Leon says, well, all right, yeah, we should probably get going. And uh, as if it wasn't the most obvious thing in the world, all three families at the same time did the whole, uh, <sighs> So they got ready to leave all at the same time as if we didn't see them. And Jerome and I just smiled to each other. And uh, so they all got up and left. And uh, the one thing that I'll never forget for the rest of my life is that when this kid stood up, he had to have been no, no older than 16. And you can tell a 16-year-old's body mannerisms when they're not so confident about who they're about to make eye contact with. So he stood up, and he, uh, he put his chair in all polite, puts his hands in his pockets. He's kind of looking down. He wants to look at me, but he just doesn't know if he should. And then as he's leaving, he just takes the leap of faith, and he just looks at me. And I just, sitting up very straight, very confident, because the Holy Spirit was speaking through me at that given point in time. It wasn't me. It was, it was God saying a word to that kid. And he got up, and he looked at me. And he made eye contact, and all I said was, may God bless you, with the biggest smile on my face. And the kid absolutely lit up. He was jumping for joy. He took his hands out of his pockets, biggest smile on his face, and he was like, hey, you too, man. And he just, like, skipped away, and I was like, man, God is working. This is church on a Saturday afternoon in a world buffet. God is working in everybody's lives. And so what I want to encourage you guys with is that people out there, as much as it may not seem so, are hungry for the word. Don't let what the media tells you, what everybody tells you, all the things that people are trying to push. Christians are the people that are, yeah, you've heard it all. People are hungry for the word out there. People want to know, and you got the answers. You can be confident that you have the answer because it's not you. You put yourself to the side and you let the Holy Spirit speak through you and you'll sit for three hours in a world buffet and have church and you'll be the leader of it. You got to be obedient to what God has called on your life and just realize that you're a vessel and he's going to use you if you have your heart open and in the right place. So I encourage you with that. People are hungry for the word. Just be obedient. Be in the right spot at the right time, and all that requires is an open heart and a passion for God. What was that, John? Do you have one? Okay. John will be the last one, because I got a lot of stuff to say. I knew you couldn't handle it. Thank you, Anthony. I want to say that I love to come and see my family and that I'm blessed by somebody, more than one person usually, 
just for being here. This morning, it was Stephen. I had something that was bugging my heart. And, you know, this is my network. This is my family. That's what you do when you're amongst a family. You say, what's bugging you? And so my wife is looking at a surgery, not a major thing, but we don't have a clue about what's going on with, with medicine in, in this town versus another town. And, you know, you hear about great things happening in Grand Rapids and Ann Arbor and down into Ohio. And, you know, if you step it up a little bit, you can go across the mountains and so on, or even into another country where... Everything just works that day kind of thing. Weird. But anyways, we had been given the name of a doctor, and I just threw that name out, and bam! Stephen knows the guy, and he says, I like him. And I said, thank you for the confirmation. And that's just that simple. It doesn't have to be about evangelism every single time. It's about blessing your heart and being that blessing. God made each of us in a certain niche, and mine is usually more hands-on than it is woo-woo spiritual. Not to say that I can't see that stuff, but it's be yourself. Be who God created you to be. Thank you, Steve. All right, this is our preacher today, Tyler. so cool. I think all the people that know God really understand the beauty and what just what we just participated in. What John said is is super super true. It's not all about It's not all about the hands-on miracle signs and wonders that we're saying should end up happening in order for God to be true. It's the mundane, every, everything that we go through in life. We just realize, wow, God, that was you. That strengthens my relationship with the Lord, and it will strengthen your relationship with the Lord as well, is living life, living life, not just in a church service, not just when you feel good, living life and realizing, wow, there's beauty in that. Like, I, I, I didn't even, Nathaniel sends me a text. The, newsflash, doors open. Nathaniel's the guy that sent me the text that said, hey, this is a word I felt like from the Lord. It was like 15 verses in, and I thought that I would read the whole chapter. And in the beginning of the chapter, it talks about sharing testimonies. And I felt like the Lord said, give, give the mic to share testimonies today. And that's sometimes scary, because sometimes people have a lot to say, and it's not benefiting anybody. No offense, but it happens. It happens when we just like, we just want to share. But every single person in particular, it was just, it was like divine. It was like a nicely knit sweater that just all fit together perfectly. And it's just showing like the beauty of living with the Lord every single day. The beauty of what we get to participate in. That God wants to reveal himself to us. God wants to as Bree said, listen to our prayers and answer our prayer. He loves that. 
Why? Because it speaks of him. It reveals how real he actually is. I remember a man once said, he said, I think the, the, the underlining thing across the room would be we just want to see God be realer in our lives every single day. Everybody, if I were to say that you could touch this red button and God will be realer in your life, everybody would come touch the button. Because we all have that heart. I want to see God more. I want to I know him more. I want to understand him more. And it's these beautiful little moments like this that like, I, I just get a text, and I'm like, hey, I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. I feel like maybe even it might be a little bit sketchy. Don't think that if you're hearing from God, like, you're just going to get butterflies and rainbows in your heart. Like, sometimes fear rises up in you, and just like Rob, like, sometimes you chicken out. But then, like, you see God, he's like, hey, here's, here's another fish. You want just, you want that one? And, and then you're just like, all right, I'll throw my bobber in. I love what you said. And, and, it, and it hooks, and somebody's life has changed because you decided you were going to believe God for that one moment. That's the beauty of Christianity, guys. That's the beauty of Jesus moving on the inside of us, is we get this beautiful thing called life that's not a burden. It doesn't suck. You know, it's just another day. I hate those phrases because you, you, you have the wrong perspective on life. It's about how good it's going for you. I understand that sometimes life is speaking pretty loud. Sometimes we're struggling in our marriages. Sometimes we're struggling in our families. Sometimes our finances are tough. I'm not degrading any of those things. But I promise you, you don't need your eyes on them for God to fix it. God is saying for for 4,000 years before Jesus came, he said, you guys have your eyes on the wrong thing. That's what happened in the garden when Adam fell. What did Adam instantly do? He ran and hid. Had he ever ran and hid up until that point? Unless Adam and Eve were playing hide and go seek? I don't think so. And he ran and hid himself from God. Why? Because he had his eyes on something else. And what did he have his eyes on? Himself. It says he knew that he was naked and he hid himself. All these things that are coming into our lives, whether it is finances, whether it is our marriages, whether it is a healing, a a health thing that's going on, it's all trying to say, hey, get your eyes off of the one thing that I know will work is Jesus, and if you can get your eyes on everything else, then you'll just live from everything else. And like I said, 15 green lights will not satisfy you. Open parking spaces will not satisfy you. More money in your bank account, I, I swear, guys, it's just not, not going to work. It's not what was meant to satisfy you. All those things were tools to what? To shift me to the Lord and go, wow, you're absolutely super awesome and you're amazing. And then when those things are hard, you're supposed to go, Father, I thank you that I have testimony upon testimony of how amazing you are throughout my entire life. I have no reason to complain. I have no reason to be bitter I have no reason to be frustrated because I see the one thing that's important. It's you. And so throughout my days, guys, as I, as I walk, I, I shared a little bit last week, but like that's what I'm constantly trying to get my heart to do. Am I distracted throughout my days? A lot. And there's things that come to me. There's, there's things that try and take my attention. But I constantly am having to be reminded, God, what is actually important in this moment? It's you. And then you have church at World Buffet because you have your eyes off of you. You 
could easily have your eyes on how bad the food is. I'm sure you could find one bad item there. Amen. But it's so easy, guys, to focus on what isn't as opposed to what truly is, which is the kingdom has come into your heart to overwhelm you, to embrace you, to love you, to reveal himself to you. He changes lives. He changes perspectives. He changes your vision. And that's so sweet. It's not the gospel I grew up hearing, but it's so sweet that he actually does that. Go to Psalms 37. We've been talking about over the next, dang, I only have a few minutes. All right. Hopefully you guys are okay with staying maybe a little bit longer. But over the past couple weeks, last week, last week I talked about believing. I felt like Dylan was like, hey, can you ask the Lord what he wants to talk about over the next three weeks? And for those of you who don't, who don't know, I'm not, a, I'm not a series guy. I'm not like a, let's, I'm just a kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm a winger, you know? I like, to, I like to wing it. But at the same time, I understand, um, one, first off, honoring people and saying, yeah, I can absolutely come up with what I feel like the Lord wants to talk about. And it was cool because he's like, let's just talk about believing. Believing the truth understanding that God is amazing and he's longing to change your heart. He's longing to change your perspective. He's longing to change the inside of you because if he makes the inside clean, the outside will be clean. A lot of times we teach Christianity as we'll make the outside clean to reveal that the inside's clean. And God's like, man has been trying to do that for years and it's not working. So I'm gonna move myself inside of your heart And all I want you to do is realize the beauty of what it is that I've done in your heart. Complete and totally freed you from all. Some people are like, well, I haven't experienced all. And God's like, it's still true. I've moved myself on the inside of you for you to be free. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you're not seeing freedom in a certain area, take it to the Lord and say, God, show me the truth about this. Just because I'm up here speaking, guys, that doesn't mean I have... I've experienced freedom in every single thing in my life. But I've experienced enough to stand here and tell you it's not about what I haven't been free from in my own perspective. It's about what it is that his word actually says is true. And this has to be our foundation. This has to be the thing that I constantly run back to. And I feel like that's what I'm going to talk about today is simply reading this more. I know that's really basic, but it's very, very, it's not as common and popular as you think it would be. What you don't want is you don't want to rely on the guy that's up here with the microphone to read your Bible for you. You want to read your Bible so that you can know him. Jesus says, this, guys, is eternal life, that you may know him. Not the pastor, not the speaker, not your Bible study leader, and then they can lead you to knowing more about God. It's, a, it's, it's, very, it's very scary when we live from that place. 
and we don't live from a place of like, hey, this is me and you. You gotta get really selfish with your relationship with Jesus and just be like, this is about me and you. I've, I've lived trying to, trying to live from other people's experiences, other people's thought processes, other people's preaching. And I'm not satisfied in that. I find satisfaction, though, in the one, in Jesus, the one who moved himself on the inside of my heart. And I just, by faith, believe that he's in there. And by faith, I talk to him. And I say, Lord, thanks for living on the inside of me. And I believe sometimes he says, you're welcome. I just want to tell you I love you. Do you realize what that'll do to you if you woke up every single day and just let God speak a little bit of truth in you? You might be on the job site and smiling that day. You might be at home in the kitchen and your spouse just kind of does stuff that annoys you or it's too early. And you just can't even, you can't even sit there and, and let them know how much you love them. You're just like, give me, give me, give me some time. We need to have a clear perspective, guys, on him. Because when you have a clear perspective on him, you're a light to all who see your life. But this word right here, this will change you. I'm about to show you really quick that it can change you. It can change you. It doesn't just give you some debating things to say in an argument. It gives you actual change in your heart to where you go into the world and you're different. People might start to go, oh, I like Christianity. I like Christians. They're amazing. I heard a young girl, and this is super sad, guys. I've heard people say it, but I never heard somebody that actually lived it. There's a young lady. She works at a restaurant up in Lansing. I won't tell you where it is, but she said the hardest day to work is on Sundays. I just want to apologize to her. Because I, at, at one point in my life, I was that person that went to church on Sundays because I had to. My parents made me. And I was a jerk outside of church. It's not, it's not cool at all. It really should convict you. It should bring tears to your eyes and for you to go, man, God help me. Yeah, teach us, Lord. Teach us to love. All right, Psalms 37. I'm gonna get to verse four, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read, I'm gonna start at verse one. It says, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. This is what I want you to see. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Hmm. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> Some people are excited because the way that you look at this verse is, yes, like God, if I, if I delight myself in the Lord, simply to delight myself in the Lord 
means to spend time with him, just like I'm saying. Have conversation with him. Walk with him. Enjoy him. Go into your bedroom and just enjoy him. Believe that he's in the room with you. If I do that, he will give me the desires of my heart. And some of us are leaping for joy because we're like, see, Tyler, the Bible says that if I enjoy the Lord, if I delight myself in the Lord, then he's going to give me all the things that I want. And I read it like that. But what if, what if the verse actually says, hey, delight yourself in the Lord, spend time with me, get to know me, and I'll actually change the things in your heart that you do want so that when you go to work, you don't hate it. So that when you're at a family gathering, you're not longing to leave. So that when you're at church, it doesn't, it's not just another Sunday. That God actually like wants to change people. He wants to transform people into his image, into who he was, so that you could actually enjoy this thing called life. And he's saying, I, I need you to delight yourself in me. I need you to recognize what my word says and believe it. Talk about it. Think about it. Meditate on it consistently. Go back to it. Remind yourself about it. This is really simple, basic stuff, guys, but it's, it's so crazy because the way that we've acted on Sundays at, at restaurants that we're not doing this. We're in this place of like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping the pastor's got something good to say because I for sure haven't had a good week. When our jobs, to, when we come together, is to bless the person sitting next to you. If I'm longing for Angel to get up here and share something really good because I'm struggling, I got nothing to give to him. And I live in this mindset of it's all about me. Who's going to bless me? Guys, biblically, self-centeredness is the absolute destruction of man. What can you do for me? What is the world doing for me? Well, they're not treating me right. They're not doing me right. But if we look at the life of Jesus, if we stay here, we'll realize, man, I was prepared for this. I've been in my Bible. I realized the world did not come to serve me. The world did not come to bless me. The world did not come to take care of me. The world actually came to, to hate me, Jesus said. When you love me, they're going to hate you. That's what we signed up for. But you realize, wow, there's a, there's a perspective change that's available right here when I stay consistent here. And some of you might be thinking, well, that's religious, Tyler. I don't have time to read my Bible all day long. We sure got time to watch the news, though. We got time to check Facebook. We got... I'm not condemning any of those things, guys. Some of them are, are beneficial, but a lot of them are not. And it's the reason that life just seems kind of trashy. It's the reason that life just doesn't really make sense. It's the reason It's the reason that church sucks in your mindset. Cuz you're like this isn't this isn't doing it for me. I need I need more and Jesus is like, "Hey, I put my spirit on the inside of you for you simply to enjoy life by living to bless people, to love people, for them to know me." And when your perspective changes, when your belief system changes and you're like, "Man, I, I guess I signed up to be 
a blessing to people, you'll start to see that life is actually a whole lot of fun. I swear. I swear. When you stop living at your own, well, what, 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 how, how is this benefiting me? And you're like, how can, I, how can I bless the person sitting next to me? I'm telling you, it's super simple, but it's so good. It, 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 Christianity and, and life in Christ starts to make more sense. You have a whole lot more to say. People don't question you on, on well, if Jesus is real or not real, because they just look at your life and they're like, dude, I knew this guy before Jesus, and I see his life now, and like, I just have to say, well, I have to say one or two things. One, I just don't want what it is that you have. I don't really care for change. Or two, I do want what you have, and I'm, I'm going in that direction. When you start living a life of changed mindsets, changed thought processes, when you stay here, and you let this thing, you don't just read it, you let it read you. What does that mean? I look at verses, and I, and I see a verse that says, what's a good one? I see a verse that says, he who knew no sin became sin, so, so I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I don't just say, God, thank you for saving me, thank you. For, for blessing me. Thank you for simply forgiving me. Although that is amazing. That keeps your heart in that safe place. But if you're, you, you also have to have the mindset, wow, you stepped into my shoes so I can step into your shoes. And, and if I'm in your shoes, they're probably for walking. So now I just get to walk in your shoes and now I just get to be a blessing to the world. We have to take verses like this, guys, and not just read it for ourselves, but read it for the world. And say, you guys need to know this. You guys need to hear this. You guys have to know that, that there's a life that doesn't have its eyes on you anymore. It has its eyes completely on Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's such a free life. It doesn't matter how much money's in your account. It doesn't matter how, how things are going. If you hit every red light, you're just like, I have life on the inside of me. And things make a lot more sense. I didn't... I didn't I didn't hear this growing up, guys. And I don't think a lot of us heard this growing up. I think we, we gave good messages because it kept people in seats. And now we're, I have this thing on my heart where, like, I realize Jesus' desire wasn't just to keep people in seats. It was to change people. It was to disciple people. It was to help them to see like, hey, I am, I am God revealed to the world. And then he sent his disciples out and said, the things I do, you'll do. If you believe. And when I don't see something happen, there must be a belief system in there that I'm just missing. But I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep blessing. I'm going to keep washing feet. And when you live with that perspective, <laughs> you'll preach the gospel all day long. You will preach the gospel without even trying. I love when, when Jesus, he tells Peter to follow him. And he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Sometimes we look at it and we're like, well, I guess I got to start fishing for people. I, I got to start finding people. I got to start blessing people. I gotta. Jesus is like, no, 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 you just follow me. You just, you just believe that I'm right here with you and, and we're just walking this walk and I'll, I'll make you fishers of men. I'll change and transform your life into what it is that it was meant to be. You won't ever have to look in the mirror and question it. If you just consistently keep your eyes on me, naturally you'll just start to be 
whatever it was that God meant for you to be. And what God meant for you to be was a blessing. And that makes so much sense because I'm not grinding, trying to figure this thing out. And man, what, what, what foods should I stop eating? How much more should I exercise? Should I wake up early? Should I go to bed late? Should I start, should I start wearing these pants? You stop wondering about those things and you're just like, Jesus, I just want to love the world properly. And he's like, I'm doing a good work in you. I'm doing my job, Tyler, I promise you. And I just got to trust that he's doing his job. And when I step outside of looking at him and I have something not super nice to say to my wife, you know the first thing that needs to come out of our mouths? I'm sorry. I missed it. And I love you and I took my eyes off Jesus. Will you forgive me? And it's amazing when you live in that place. I think I've shared it before. I know no wrong that Cassidy has done to me. And she knows no wrong that I've done to her. Because she realizes we do each other no favors keeping account of all the wrongs that we've done to one another. It does you no good to hold on to your spouse's mess-ups. I promise you. You think you're winning because because you're out arguing them when you're making them feel lower than they actually are. When at the end of the day, Jesus is like, I called you to to turn down a harsh word with a kind word. I called you in the midst of darkness to be light. And we think it's only out in the world, and God's like, it's in your households, mainly. God is longing for us in our households to bring light into there as well. They don't need to just know that you go to church. God forbid that they would know what church you go to, and yet you don't look like Jesus. I have a friend that says, if you don't have his heart, don't share his name. Please. And guys like, that's kind of harsh, Tyler. but I've picked up the pieces too many times for believers that didn't simply know Jesus. And I've said, I understand, they go to church and, and they treated you that way and now you have this weird perspective about God and you think like they say that they go here and, and, and you know that they're faithful to going to church every Sunday and yet they're constantly rude, they're constantly a jerk, they're backbiting, they're saying certain things. And at the end of the day, Jesus is sitting there like, man, if you only knew me. And that's what I I obviously am going to consistently do for people. Hey, if they knew what they were doing, they would not be performing the acts that they're performing. And our hearts should be breaking for those people and not because of those people. But again, we have to stop living at the expense of others and say, man, Jesus, what is it that you're saying? What is true about you? And the way that Jesus approaches us is is a lot different than the way that we've been taught. I want to show you something. Go uh, Go to Mark. 
I want to show you that it's not uncommon for us to be called to something that's different than we've grown up. this back part of my Bible called? Index? Concordance? I've learned to use my concordance and not be ashamed of using it, but i got to find a verse to show you guys. And I don't want to ask Jared. Mark 10, 15. Praise God. Are you already there? Oh, okay, praise God. I was <laughs> We're going to start in verse 13. I got a few more minutes, guys. I just want to share with you that, that Jesus calls us to live differently than we thought we were going to live. In this, in this time that I'm about to read... Jesus was a part of a culture that despised, neglected, wanted nothing to do with children, little kids, little babies. And we don't, we don't grow up in that culture, but I'm, I'm trying to share something with you, that, that there is a, a different call that you have in life than just going with the way of the world and what's comfortable and, well, they don't like that topic, so we won't talk about that topic. They don't, they're not really about Jesus, so I'm not really going to share him. They like to backbite, and I just don't want to be the one that stands out, so I might as well just jump in with them. Maybe only give one comment about a person at work, but not, you know, I won't go all in. And Jesus is like, there's a different life that I call my people to, and it's not easy for you to accept that doesn't sound super exciting. It would be a lot easier for me to talk smack about my coworkers with my coworkers. It would be a lot easier to be mad at my wife, ask my wife to change, do something differently, don't do that, I don't like it, instead of me changing, not realizing just like what I just read God's saying, hey, delight yourself in the Lord, and I'll help you enjoy your spouse. I'll help you enjoy the way that they do it. There's this, this book that Cassidy and I love. It's called Cultivate, and it's a very, very fantastic marriage book. And there's this passage that says, um, it's just these little articles that people write about how to help people in marriage and singleness and that one of the passages is called Seeking to Understand. <sighs> Married folks, please talk to me after this if you're frustrated about what I'm about to say. But in this passage, it talks about I have a spouse, and the way that I do stuff is different than the way that they do stuff. I wash the clothes, and then after they're washed, I fold them. My spouse washes the clothes, and after they're done, they leave them in the hamper right? My spouse washes the dishes after we're done eating. I like to sit there and not wash the dishes. I could go on and on about stuff 
that people do that you don't like and that you do it differently. And at the end of the day, what produces in our hearts in those moments a lot of the times is not Jesus. And we end up saying phrases like, well, the reason I was mean to you was because if I wasn't mean to you, are you ever going to learn? Are you ever going to fix it? Are you ever going to not do that anymore? When the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance or leads men to change their minds or leads men to think differently. But what we've done is we've acted that way for so long and just been like, well, it's just a part of our family. That's just what we do. Like, and the whole point of Jesus coming into your life was to say, hey, will you make me Lord? And you're like, yeah, I'll make you Lord because you can benefit me. But he's like, but what if, I, what if I don't really benefit you in the way you want me to and I actually change you so that you can love your spouse properly? You can love your friends properly. You can love your family properly. And you're like, yeah, 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 I'm all for that. And it's like, okay, so um, when you're done eating dinner, just do the dishes. And you're like, God, I can't. Like, then she wins. Then they, they win. And we all would, would say that when we decide to do the dishes, it's, it's always going to end up being okay. It's not that big of a deal. I like to tell, I like to tell Cassidy, love, when you're, if you ever think that, like, I'm coming at you from a place of let me put you down, when you're down, I'm down. But when you're up, I'm up. Now, it's not like a perspective of, like, when Cassidy's struggling, I got to be struggling. I got to have the right perspective so I can pull her up and say, hey, love, it's not, about, it's not about you. It's not about how Roman's not doing this, how life's just not fitting into all the perfect boxes. It's about us seeing, okay, even though it's not fitting in the perfect boxes, I'm not going to get my eyes stuck on that. I'm going to get my eyes stuck on Jesus, and that's going to help me to walk in this world and love this world. And then the world will look at me, and then they'll say, wow, there's people that are different in the world. That's what should happen on Sundays. We should have a new testimony from hostess and servers that go, Sundays are actually fire because Christians are in there. And when Christians are in there, they're, they're, they're blessing me with the tip. They actually have like these weird things and they call them words. And they're like, I, I heard from God that I was supposed to say this to you. And like, I didn't plan on crying today. I didn't even wear waterproof makeup. But like, it's just streaming down because a Christian came in and thought they heard from God and shared what they heard, and at the end of the day, it really blessed me. That's Christianity. That's what we're called to. That's the amazing invitation that it is that we have. But it starts with us saying, God, it's not about me. If I, have a, if I believe I have a word for somebody, if I miss it, I missed it. But if I hit it on the head, a life is changed. What does it matter if you miss it? Is your life diminished because you missed it? But what if you hit it on the head? A life is changed. The, the pro kind of outweighs the con in that one. Don't be afraid to share. It can change somebody's life, for sure. For sure. I kind of got off on a little tangent, but... Mark 10, verse 13, we're going to wrap it up here. It says, then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. Oh, Lord. But the disciples, the ones that he was walking with, through life with, 
rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased with his disciples and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. I forgot to finish my story about this, this book that I read with Cassidy called Cultivate, but it's about seeking to understand. And in the, in the passage, obviously the, 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 the title of it should explain it. It's when I don't see something the way that you do, I would seek to understand why you see it that way. And eventually my heart would simply be okay with you not folding the clothes when they're done, but also at the same time having the courage to say, hey, is there any chance it would just be better if we did that? You see, Jesus was kind of dealing with a very similar thing. He's like, hey, the way I do it is I love to bless the little children. I like them a whole lot. I didn't grow up traditionally like you guys to where your culture hates the little ones. I love them. And, and his disciples were like, well, we don't. We don't, really, we don't really agree with that mindset. And we don't, we don't really want, know how to change. And God's like, this is, this is the way that I see it. And actually, I'll just throw a cherry on top. The only way you're going to enter into the kingdom, the only way you're going to see the kingdom properly is to change your mindset, is to change the way you think, is to change the way you view, is to look at these little kids who you've neglected and despised and said, I actually need you to learn from them from here on out. And now we look at a little child and we're like, man, you're a good example, I guess, of what I should be like. Consistently in need of a mama or a daddy. Consistently wanting to hold mama or daddy's hands. Consistently wanting to do what mom and dad are doing. It's very simple nowadays for us to see that. But back in that time, them guys didn't know what was going on with children because they were meant to despise them. They were meant to avoid them. They were annoying. They were always in my face. They were... And Jesus is like, hey, I, I'm calling us to view something a little bit differently now. I'm calling us to view what you guys have despised and let that actually teach you. And God's saying, um, I'm calling what your opinion now is for you to despise that and appreciate my opinion of what I have to say about stuff. Sure, is it going to have you not liked? Sure, is it going to have you not appreciated? Is it going to have you having people talk bad about you, say sly remarks, treat you terribly? Absolutely. Because darkness doesn't like light. It overwhelms it. It, it makes it no longer be darkness. So if I can just turn up the darkness, I'll just, maybe this guy will eventually leave. And at the end of the day, you're not living from the expense of what people are saying about you. You know what Jesus is saying about you. Why? Because you're staying here. And you're like, this is my safety. This is, this is his word. 
He actually says, I put this above my own name. I don't exactly know everything perfectly, what that means, but it kind of sounds like this is super, super important. And I'm sticking with that. There's a verse that says, I beg you to know what my, let's, let's go to it real quick. Sorry, Romans 12. And then I'm done, I promise. I know your pastor does this to you guys all the time. It's super good, it's super helpful. Paul just gets done explaining in chapter 11 that Israel has neglected grace. They've neglected what it was that was being presented to them, given to them. And Paul's saying, hey, this thing of grace, it's, it's actually what changed me from a murderer to a preacher. It saved me from killing, despising, and hating the church to now wanting to be a part of the church. That's beautiful. And, they, and then, so what he's saying is the message that it is that I'm preaching, some people have despised, but some people have come to believe, and now their life is truly changing and transforming, and it's amazing. So, so stay in it. And this is what he says in Romans 12. He says, because of all that, all that stuff that's going on, all, all, all the things that I just explained to you about uh, walking in unbelief and not wanting grace, he says this, I beg you. I beseech you. That means to beg. I, I, I'm absolutely not wanting anything else for you but this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, right? We talked about the gospel last week, how Jesus paid for our sins, and that's a, a, a very good reason for me to go, wow, I'll give you everything. And Paul's like, hey, I'm begging you, give God everything consistently. Present your body to him and saying, God, I'm, I'm yours. I'm your vessel. I'm down to go into a restaurant. I'm down to go to a mall. I'm down to go home and be a blessing. And this is how we're going to do it right here in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Right? We're talking about transformation. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're called to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And how am I going to do that? By transforming my mind. How do I transform my mind? It's not by listening to our messages once a week. It's by listening to his message all the time and staying in this place of, of I, I need to know what my Bible says. I got to read it. I got to get to this place where I'm just chewing on scripture and I'm thinking about it and I can't stop meditating on it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm reminding myself of what it is that he's done. I'm reminding myself of what it is that he's accomplished. I'm, can, I'm, I'm infatuated and in love with what it is that he has to say about me. And all it's really doing is putting a bigger smile on my face, love in my heart, and a willingness to serve the person next to me. And then people will see that life and go, I want your God. I want what it is that you have. I want a change and transformed life. And it's by us staying consistent 
and going through God's word and saying, God, what is it that you have to say about me? I want to see your life, Jesus. I want to see the life after you of what it is that your disciples were doing. I want to see what it is that they were saying about you, what it is that they were believing, what it is that empowered them to die for what it was that they believed. I want to know what it's like to to stand in front of a police officer and him say, son, if you say the name of Jesus, this is going to be your last words, and me to go, Jesus. Because he changes somebody's perspective and their lifestyle because they have their eyes on the right thing, and they're like, him I preach. He's the only thing I really know. And you become incredible to the world. To where people are like, dang, man, like, I, I like what it is that you're dishing out. I like this Jesus guy. And we won't have to pick up the pieces as leaders to talk to people about how, well, yes, they said that they're a Christian and they probably received Jesus, but they just have a wrong perspective and a wrong mindset. We actually will have people walking up to us and saying, because of the people in your church, I'm seeing something different about God. And I don't even believe in God, but like I saw this person's life and, and, and they look like they just shine. They just they, they have this this beauty about them. They have this difference about them that the world just doesn't bring it. Can I come to church with you? Like, is that a, when are you guys open? And and they just start to ask you crazy questions that they never would have asked you before because people look different. And it's because we're, sta- we're stationed on this. We're focused on this. And we're just like, my Bible is the thing that I read all the time. It's the thing I remind myself of all the time. It's the thing I come back to all the time. It's the thing that keeps me safe. Yay. Guys, this is how you stay healthy. You eat heavenly bread. That's what Jesus calls it. He's describing the word, and he says, I I have bread. And God's like, hey, I know that it's hard to find time. I know that some of you work 10, 12, 14 hours. But God has given us grace to find areas throughout our days. I've I've had busy life, too. I had to have the audacity to pray, God, will you, will you, Will you give me time to read my Bible? Will you give me time to, to, to just have a few minutes to just enjoy you for a second? Will you give me a reminder to just remember what your word says? And then my, my Bible app will like pull up a verse for me and I'll be like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Or I'll have like 10 minutes where I have to use the bathroom really long and I can just read my Bible and I have this opportunity to not, Brian, are your hands on your head? Because that was, sorry. Praise God. But it's staying safe, guys. It's, it's believing that this is the truth. This is where I'm supposed to stay. This is what's going to keep my heart healthy. And this, if I stay here, will reveal Jesus to the world, and they'll like what it is that they see and want what it is that you have. And if any of us were to look at what Jesus came to accomplish, I think we would say that. Jesus came to accomplish a transformed people group that people would look at and go, I want what you have. I'm longing for what you have. I've been looking for what you have. And if we stay here, we will stay safe. Amen? Yes, Bree. You want to share something real quick? Yeah. 
Um, one thing he shared with me this week is that um, a lighthouse that illuminates the darkness and draws people in with the light because the lighthouse circles and it draws the people in. Amen. Amen. Can you guys stand to your feet? Yeah. We're going to have myself, uh, Michelle, Jared, Luke. Start calling out names. Brian. We're going to have some people up here. If you want prayer for anything, we believe in God healing the sick, the lame, the hurting, the broken, every part of your body. We believe God wants to touch and change that's having an area of of pain or weakness or whatever. So we're going to have people up here. If you want prayer for anything, maybe you just need an encouraging word. I dare you to come up here and watch what God will do, okay? Um, I'm going to pray for us. Stick around. Don't, don't zoom out the doors. Talk to somebody. This is a family. And I think some people walk in here and they know it's a family. And sometimes we run from our families, but don't be afraid. Stick around. Enjoy the people. All right? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you got to share through me. And we pray that, Lord, that it convicts our hearts. And you remind us throughout the week to look into your word, remind ourselves of what it says, and simply delight ourselves in you. That you may change the desires of our heart, that we may love the mundane things in life because we have the answer. Remind us, God, that we are a blessing to this world. And life isn't a grind. Life isn't tough. It's not difficult. It's just a test. It's an opportunity to get to love what it is that you have given us, this gift called life. Convict us of that consistently, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for grace. We thank you for the blood. All of it. All of it, Lord. We thank you so much. You're amazing. Amen. Amen, guys. Enjoy your week. We love you. Like I said, if you run out that door, I will chase you.